Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and this is a special Friday edition, and it's special because well, we didn't release on a Thursday, right? We are talking the Open Cup victory over Louisville City, the draw with New York City FC, and the upcoming New England Revolution title bout. At least that's what we're billing it as. The number one, number two teams in the league battling this weekend in the 11 out of the 18 makes a surprise appearance. And you know we can't stop talking about the Brenner transfer drama. That's going to be your postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more, I am sure we've got Grayson, we've got Chief. Uh, Chief, I, I don't know how many FCC games you get to go to and sit. How was the Open Cup match for you? It felt like I was experiencing, it's the same thing last year when we sat in the true all-inclusive <laughs> seats. Yes. Um, that glorious evening where we were mixing red and white. Some of us were mixing red and white wine together to create a concoction of deliciousness. It's fun to experience how the other half lives. But there was this moment where it did get a little awkward, where I stood up and just screamed at the top of my lungs towards some player on Louisville City. Um, you know, fuck you as loudly as possible. <laughs> and just kept repeating that over and over again. Like that's a normal thing that adults do. And then I turned around and I saw there were like two kids eating cotton candy right behind me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not in my section of the stadium any longer. And you can't just yell, sir, fuck you, sir, and just keep repeating that. So I had to apologize to the mom. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not from around here. I'll behave myself. So real uh, if, if that woman's culture listening, shock. Right, if this woman is listening and God love you, if you are, your daughters were lovely. And I apologize for any any damage that was done long term <laughs> Grayson were you uh were you embarrassed to have this Bailey uh this Baileyite uh sitting amongst us <laughs> uh, Bailey Galoot <laughs> no you know I, I gotta say like three seats away does not sound very far but it's it is far enough to where <laughs> I would say I, I'm not sure I noticed a single thing uh Chief did <laughs> all night um there were some there were some very very serious uh older women sitting next to me who were doing all of the bailey chants and Aww. were like they were also very upset with folks who were not in their seats like when the game started like we remember we, we all got up and um let some people go to the center. And I heard the lady next to me was like, you know, game started three minutes ago. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you guys, you ladies also don't, don't usually sit in this section. Do you? <laughs> yeah. The first financial clubs, a little, little slower moving uh, at the beginning of right. There are people, <laughs> yeah. there are people who like at halftime, they'll just stay in the club section for like 25 minutes and then go back out to the game at like, you know, 75 80 which i don't i don't get but it is how it rolls there it's not even like 
it's a good TV in the first financial club. It's like it'd be one thing if there was like a really big screen everybody was standing in front of, but it's not ideal TV viewing space. Uh, uh, they need yeah. to do some type of, I, I've thought this for a while. They need to do some, some type of alert that halftime is over. Yeah. And they're, and they're kicking off because it happened to me last night. It's happened to me a number of times. You know, you just, Drinking your beer, chit chatting, and then suddenly, oh, game's been, game's been back for a minute. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's funny. So Grayson and I were down in the first financial club drinking last night when this happened, and I almost said, in the moment, oh, they really could use like a Broadway show alert that the curtain is coming <laughs> yeah. back up. And in the moment, I realized, Jesus Christ, we're we're obsessed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Broadway world is, right. is all no, over this. It started out as a joke, and now it's like unironically bleeding into actual conversations. Hey, um, if you if you think you don't know somebody who saw Spider Man turn off the dark uh, on Broadway, you're wrong because I saw it. <laughs> Damn, it, it was everything you think it was. <laughs> we. We may need to save for the off-season content and with the aid of ChatGPT, FC Cincinnati the musical and come up with this concept Ooh. in the off-season. Can we also uh, get a cast together and, and live read my uh, Mandalorian spec script? Yes, <laughs> that needs to happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, join join the Patreon, <laughs> which, which has you can be in the cast, <laughs> which has uh, it's it's largely uh, been erased by the events of of this of this last season. I'm sorry. <laughs> the um the horror part that I just realized as we were talking about this is that I opened my own math is that we're running a soccer podcast ostensibly about FC Cincinnati. The team is really good. And keeps winning games, and I'm already thinking, "Oh yeah, I've got ideas for the off season." <laughs> <laughs> How quickly we get used to winning! I thought you, about that. If oh, you sorry. win MLS Cup, uh huh, do they take it around like the Stanley Cup? No. They should. Like, can we go to like, you know, Rheingeist and one day, and like, oh, that's the day that MLS Cup is there, and we get to take our picture and like. You know, kiss the cup or whatever people do. They so, should. Do, they should do that. If if that doesn't happen, when FC Cincinnati wins MLS Cup, they should treat it like the Stanley Cup and just take it to all the bars all around over the Rhine over the course of the next couple of weeks. Now I know you can take it places because Atlanta took it to Magic City. They have great wings there. I heard Lou Williams told me that. <laughs> Uh, I was I, I had it confused. I, I was thinking the MLS Cup would be dangerous. I was thinking of the uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup, which I don't know if you guys know what that looks like off the top of your heads, but it has essentially two like very pointy ends that yeah, point right yeah, out yeah, of yeah. it. It's like super dangerous. I, I was worried for us for a second, but no, MLS Cups is, is much more loopy. I, I think we could pull that off. Because there was a debate on another podcast I listened to about that every sport should have a trophy you can drink beer out of. Yeah. Yeah. And that just the NFL, you know, the Lombardi trophy is what it is, but you should, there should be a component of it, like hollow the football out so you can drink beer out of the football. And the Major League Baseball trophy 
just looks like it would impale you if you tried to drink anything out of it. So they need to do yeah. a little better too. But every sports trophy should be able to get a beer and chug a beer out of the trophy. That's the ultimate way to celebrate winning something. What does the League's Cup trophy look like? That's a Do good we know? Have they designed it yet? I, it would be <laughs> so on brand for them not to have designed the trophy yet. And it's still like in progress. Uh, well, that was a very useless Google search. Did you Turns also out find out there's that a lot one of US, Did you also find out when you searched League's Cup trophy that one U.S. Cup equals 1.37945E-15 <laughs> cubic nautical leagues? I did. Yeah, I did. You want to know what's really sad is the trophy looks exactly like the logo. So if you know what the logo looks like, you know what the trophy looks like. It's just like two a, cups mushed together. Oh, I saw this. They put uh, Harry Potter's name into it in the fourth movie. But right. you can, <laughs> you can, you can drink out of that. You can definitely Absolutely. drink out of that. Uh, does the U.S. Open Cup top come off? Uh, I mean, it's probably made out of plastic, so no. Hmm. I mean, if you apply enough force to anything, the top comes off. <laughs> they should do a cup because all the I feel like all these the kind US, of look the on, same. The U.S. Open Cup looks like Lamar Hunt's ashes may actually be still inside. Possibly. Now, that would be a pretty metal trophy. That would be badass. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Open Cup used to be just like a fucking plastic pitcher. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, well, like, a, like a Kool-Aid pitcher? Like, remember everyone had that pitcher growing up that had like the brown tan lid on the top of it? Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this to you guys. This is the 1999 U.S. Open Cup. This is great radio, by the way. Um, the one that uh that oh, looks like a, that looks like a bowl, that looks like a bowling trophy. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. Like a they beer, like, like a, it looks like you're serving jungle juice at a frat house. <laughs> no, that that is the trophy you win for winning a softball league in Toledo, Ohio. The plaque is so bad. The plaque might be worse than the trophy. <laughs> it's just it's just the cheapest plaque you can buy at the trophy shop. <laughs> Rochester Rhinos 2, Colorado Rapids nothing, Cruise Stadium, September 14th, 1999. R.I.P. Right? Neutral site Open Cup final. Many people have said that Cruise Stadium was the Wembley of America. Wait, no <laughs> one said that at all. Oh, the, the original trophy, used to, the Dewar trophy, looks pretty cool. It's like a guy standing on a globe kicking a soccer ball which is very american where we like always call like our like league champions the world champions i want to do that for mls too i want to reiterate what great radio this is but also yes they absolutely should declare the mls champion to be the world champion of soccer because it would piss uh, so many people yes. off somebody did that recently didn't magic johnson do that on twitter oh lafc when they won they said that when they won the world, world champions <laughs> <laughs> mls world champions <laughs> um the other, the other thing is like some competition should go the other way they should they should like indiana jones in the last crusade their cup Oh, yeah. This is truly like the Cup of Kings, right? And it's just like a wooden. What is it? Just uh, like a wooden cup. The ashes between Australia and England in uh, cricket. I, I think it's a fairly modest trophy that they've been competing for for a hundred plus years. Yeah, good stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of trophies in U.S. Open Cups, 
We won. Right? <laughs> a game. Hey, one game, not the whole thing. That would have been nice. Uh, no, we beat our old foes, Louisville. Uh, it took a... I mean, if we're grading on a scale, this was one of the fastest first round dispatches of an opponent FCC's ever had. Uh, I believe but- it's the first time we didn't go to it's the it's the second time we didn't go to extra time. Yeah. In this round. But it's the first one since the first season. Yeah. First time since 2017. We 16. Well, OK, sure. Um, but yeah, Nobody look at us one. go. Look at us go. Uh, no, I was just going to say, it took us like a good hour of having the B team well, out there. Well, and, well, 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 well. Uh, I, I think it's important It's important to note that FC Cincinnati only required 12 minutes to beat Louisville City. <laughs> FC Cincinnati, the team. FC Cincinnati, the organization, took yeah. 90 minutes plus stoppage time to beat Louisville City. But FC Cincinnati, the team you know and love, Took about 12 minutes to completely dismantle this team. <laughs> and FC That's Cincinnati, fair. the team you know and love, if it had played all 90 minutes, looks like it probably would have won seven to nothing. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. I, I mean, and that's a good point. I don't think anybody would accuse FCC two of being a really good team, especially how last year went. Uh, Louisville. I mean, it sure looked like they were rotating some guys out there, but uh, they're a pretty good USL team. I I will tell you, I have no way of knowing if Louisville (laughs) was rotating guys, and I refuse to know. If Louisville was rotating any guys. See, this is this is sort of the curse of like knowing three of their players is I don't know if they're good players or bad players. Like, is Tyler Gibson a regular starter? I don't know. I know he's on the team and he didn't start. So I'm going to assume they rotate it. <laughs> now, it, it's it, for the first. I don't know if we're going to break this game down and do a game review of this, which we should because beating Louisville City is always going to be badass. This is a true rivalry game as opposed to Nashville or other places that want to manufacture a rivalry. Um, Louisville City was the better team of the two teams that were on the field for a solid 50 minutes of that game. They probably should have scored at least one or two goals in the first half. There was that absurd over the head, overhead, back to the goal, cheeky chip that just barely missed going in over Alec yeah. Khan. Can had, yeah. gr- uh, had a great game. I think he played really well. I know Grayson at one point looked down the row. It was and- early. It was early in the game. Come on. And- it was after he like dribbled the ball to the Louisville player. <laughs> like started talking shit about Alec Khan and I, or Can. And I was like, no, just hold on. He's going to show us quality. And indeed, he did. So I, your boy, the chief, I was sticking up for the goalkeeper's room. I was sticking up for the quality we had in that room. I thought he played really well. Um, yeah, my only takeaway, and I don't know what you guys think about this. And I, so I understand we were playing the reserves, obviously. Yeah. But to me, there were a few players in that lineup last night who are, I would consider reserve pluses. The person who is immediately jumping to mind is Marco Angulo, where this was a game where I was really hoping that he would show something, that he would flash something of the, oh, this is why we paid, what, $2 million for him 
Three million, I think. Three million dollars <laughs> in the offseason. And look, I'm on record. I said when we acquired him, I am not going to judge this kid for the first run of games he plays. He's adjusting to a new country. He's very young. It's going to take time. You should have patience with Angulo. I still think yeah. you should have patience with Angulo. Absolutely. But I, I would, having said that, I think I would have liked to have seen something from him playing against a lower level opponent at home in a match that was kind of could have been a showcase or an opportunity for him to succeed. And I wish I would have seen that last night and I didn't. Yeah. He had the kind of performance where you'd have to think like if we offered him on loan to Louisville, they might go, nah, we're good. (laughs) Like we we've, we've got this covered and yeah, I agree a hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm willing to give this kid the entire year for sure. Um, it was a pretty dramatic exit from Ecuador, and yeah, he's he's never left home before playing here. So, I mean, I think a good comparable is uh, Barriel. He looked okay to bad his first year, that first half season. And, um, I mean, hell, when he was first under Pat Noonan, they were ready to move on from him, uh, and he battled his way back, and, and now he looks, you know, <laughs> nailed on as they say one of best one of best 11 this past week exactly exactly so yeah i'm totally willing to give it to angulo uh the uh, the slack as it were but yeah it was really disappointing not a good look to get shown up by a 15 year old i think it's fair to say uh steven jimenez uh for me was sort of the standout here not because he was the best player on the field or anything like that but He's 15 years old, and he looked like he belonged out there, and that's a really good sign for FCC. He almost, uh, he almost, you know, created the goal. Yeah, he had a really nice, really nice through ball uh, to to Kimi. Also got a yellow card early, which I I really liked. <laughs> I can't get over he's 15. Yeah, that, that's I understand that that happens. Like I, it's not a. I think Seattle was playing a 16 year old or something like that at this time yep. last year, maybe. Yeah. But there's like a couple around the league that are, but it's, it's, it's unusual. It's, it's mind yeah. blowing to me. When I was 15, I, I was going home and playing PlayStation every night. I wasn't yep. doing anything that was important in my life. I wasn't suiting up and playing in a game in front of 10,000 people in the U.S. Open Cup. I didn't have a professional contract. I mean, and countless that? people on YouTube watching. Dozens and dozens of people watching. <laughs> the dulcet tones of Mike Watts. <laughs> uh, I just, it's, going it's, up. Yeah. it's so impressive i'm i just i him going on the field and not immediately conceding an own goal from the nerves and the pressure of playing to me that was so beyond impressive and just hats off to that kid that's the coolest shit yeah and good for him his family was able to come out i believe they're based around maryland and they said there were like 25 or 30 family members who came out he uh maybe maybe let this slip a little too early uh tweeted out that he was going to be playing in his first professional game a solid you know six well, hours his before first the game, game for the for the a team oh that's what it was that's what yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fairness, yeah, he is. He is. I assume getting a professional contract with FCC too. No, he but has I mean, a professional contract with us. With FCC. Yeah. So, yeah. With FC Cincinnati. Yeah, they signed him to a homegrown deal last oh, November. Oh man, I'm really bad at keeping up with that. I was assuming yeah. he was still on like an academy deal. And we gotta we gotta ship him off before he's like seventeen or eighteen. 
or else we owe DC like half a million dollars in game. <laughs> <laughs> or we just wait for that rule to change. And like, hopefully we don't ever have to like pay the game because we've successfully lobbied for the end of the, what do they have? Like homegrown rights or discovery rights or some shit like that. The, uh, yeah, he was in their like homegrown territory. He was in right? their territory. Yeah. Which is which, bullshit, which is bullshit, because why does D.C. get to have a homegrown territory in one of the most populated regions of North America where we've got a homegrown territory that we have to split with Columbus in a state and region that's exponentially smaller? That's nonsense. They did abolish the territories. So now and this is so weird. You get to call dibs on up to like 40 players, not in your academy, but in local academies, something along those lines. So if one of those guys you've called dibs on tries to sign with another MLS team, they have to pay you. But if you sign a guy not on a dibs list, you're fine. It's stupid. I think. It is possible, and Grayson, please correct me if I'm wrong, it is possible that Jimenez will cost us more to acquire than Brandon Vasquez did. Yes, 150,000 game. Um, yeah, I don't remember what the what we already paid right. for Jimenez, so he, he might have already uh, cost us more than, uh, than Brandon Vasquez. It's just lovely. Um, and I think uh, Malik Pinto is already over the Brandon Vasquez acquisition cost. Um, that should be an official no, unit. No, not, not, Malik, not Malik Pinto. No? Who was that? Um, Foster. Isaiah Foster. Foster. That's who it was. Because we had to pay, I think I think we paid $150,000 in transfer fee to um, Colorado Springs switchbacks. And I think we had to pay like 50,000 or something to, to DC, DC because again, he was like, <laughs> I think he, he had been like in some affiliate Academy or some dumb shit. I don't know. <laughs> but so we, we've paid DC 50,000 for, uh, Steven Jimenez. Okay. So, so we paid DC 50,000 for Steven Jimenez. We paid them for junior Moreno too, right? Yeah. Like 400,000. Yeah. And we paid him for Brenner or for uh, Lucho Acosta, right? How much fucking money have we sent to DC? Like this is. We imagine. Did you did you say Junior Moreno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's here was the deal with DC for for Stephen Jimenez, fifty thousand in twenty twenty two gam. Okay, that can't be that that can't be right because the transfer was in November. There's no way it was twenty two gam. But right. Okay. Uh, two two hundred thousand in conditional gam if he signs a second contract. Okay. And an additional three hundred thousand, if certain performance-based incentives are met. He would be more expensive than Junior Moreno. Those performance-based incentives better be like winning MLS MVP <laughs> and scoring a hundred goals. And MLS and DC has a um has a sell-on, but only for an internal MLS deal. They get a percentage what? of any gam that we get. What? I love this league. This league rules. <laughs> this league is so, awesome. DC did get this in November 7th of last year, 2022. They got paid $50,000 in 2022 GAM. What are you doing <laughs> with 2022 GAM in November of 2022? What could you possibly be using it on? It expires. If the people don't know, over. it expires at the end of the season. 
what is it like? Is it like a Bed Bath and Beyond coupon where they're all going to stop being worth anything because the company's at, declaring bankruptcy? This is DC's own press release, so presumably they got it right. Did they have to pay bonuses to players, and maybe. that was the way to keep it under the cap or something? Maybe, maybe they had some bonus, and they were going to be like. Is, over the cap for the year. Does 2022 GAM, is that what you use for the Super Draft in the upcoming year, or is the Super Draft on the current year's GAM? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's gotta I, be, it's gotta be the, I, I stumped Grayson. I have an MLS it's gonna be, Grayson doesn't know. It's got to be, be the upcoming year. You mean the expansion draft? Or? Either one, oh. the expansion draft or the uh, Super Draft. I mean, you could just it's look gotta at the, it's got to be the upcoming year. You just look at their other moves after November 7th and see if they ever exchanged or spent it. But yeah, uh, what a weird that's 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 weird as hell, man. You got to think about this too. think about all of these players we've acquired from D.C. How much better would D.C. be with Junior Moreno and, Acosta Acosta. and Foster and Jimenez like they'd be in a much better spot right now. Yeah, because you know why they'd be in a better spot? Because when Lucho Acosta came into this game uh, <laughs> last night, it was like that scene in, in Tron where Jeff Bridges all of a sudden shows up and just reality starts bending around him in the sequel to Tron, or like Neo <laughs> from The Matrix. And it's like, oh, this guy is so much better than everyone else in the field. And when he stepped on the field, the team immediately looked threatening. And it was like, oh, we're just going to go win this game now. <laughs> yeah. I it was what 6 seconds after he stepped onto the field. I think it was his second touch. He sets up the assist and it was just incredible. It's just so so great to see him be able to work that magic so immediately and again it's just so terrifying how reliant we are on him as as an organization. I'm not even going to say team. So much of the organization's hopes and dreams are on that man's legs. Yeah. So, and yeah. the 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 funny thing about it too is that when you watch him play, you realize how bad USL is, which was my other big takeaway from this watching this game is that when you're in USL, it's hard to appreciate how bad or the level of play that USL is down further from MLS. And it was very obvious last night that USL is a degree worse than what we're used to watching. But like when Lucho plays in MLS, he's incredible. And he does things that no one else can do. And about 50 to 60 percent of them work. When he's playing against a USL team, they all work. <laughs> the back heel works every time. The through ball gets through every time. And it's like, oh, this man is a cheat code going against this type of competition. <laughs> um, I also thought that, um, you know, Barrial, Vasquez, yes. and Kubo also look like Vasquez looked like we talk, people talk about like Vasquez having like not a great, not a great touch. You know, oh my God! He Incredible touch when he's playing against USL defenders. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he was his, his hold up play last night. I thought was was remarkable, and it felt like he was playing like even like half speed. Yeah, um, and, and Barial, to your point, was just a breath of fresh air. And I think, and I don't, I don't want to make it a habit of trashing our youngsters, but. uh Isaiah Foster was a bit of a disappointment out on the left side. If if he's the backup to Barial, we better hope we don't sell Barial this summer because that's going to be a big old step down. And and when uh, 
I think Elv- we know who the backup to Barrial is. It's Ray Gaddis. <laughs> it's Ray Gaddis or Elvis Powell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ray Gaddis is everyone's backup. No matter what position on the field it is, Ray Gaddis is there to play it. I think Ian Murphy, we might try him at wing back before we try Foster again. Um, that was a Foster, rough outing. Foster was poor. Yeah. For sure. He's another one, though, that I, I think you can't, like, you can say, you know, he had a poor game. Yeah. I'm not going to draw any conclusions about him as a player from that. He's no, another, like, he fair. was, he was, he was, he was a, you know, prospect when we signed him. I was kind of hoping he would be more in the Johnny Nelson mold where, you know, if you got to start him uh, here and there, like, yeah, that's fine. And he's significantly below that level. He's not where um, we would like him to be if he was, you know, actually going to be Barriel's um, backup. But again, like, he's a, what, 19-year-old? Yeah. and he's, he, he was a professional for one year. Yeah. Um, I, I think he was coming off a pretty devastating knee injury, right? Like, wasn't that his I mean, thing? who isn't? Well, okay, fair. <laughs> I, th- I thought he ended last year on a knee injury, but was still seen as a like allegedly the stories were that like Benfica and some Bundesliga clubs were scouting him that he was he was this up and coming USL talent. Yeah, they could have scouted him and concluded, uh, no. <laughs> there but- is a scouting <laughs> report that exists though, and that's the key thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know. if you're gonna sign a player, you got to watch him first. That's rule number one. <laughs> right, he can. He's he's got he's got time to develop. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think we should I don't think we can rely on him for the first team anytime soon. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not to uh, correct my previous statement, you've got to sign people. You got to watch people before you sign them. In most cases, unless you're Alan Koch in the original <laughs> FC Cincinnati MLS expansion draft, you just go with your gut, baby. Yeah, first name that pops into mind. Just shout it out. What's the worst if that could you, happen on live TV? If you've heard of them, they're probably good. So. Oh, gosh. Uh, is there anybody else we want to touch on with this one? Uh, uh, I do. Please. Um, somebody who I think had not a perfect game, but like a very promising game, did a lot of stuff that I thought was really, really good and cool, was Joey Apononu. Yes. Yeah. Uh, his, his passing, especially out of, the, out of the center back spot, really, really good. Very good. Like, he... I think he he's he's a guy who I think actually like could make stuff happen with with his passing. It feels like it's like a real legitimate um weapon. Now like he had some rough spots defensively and he did have like a really bad giveaway early. Yeah. But that's just, you know, like he's 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 not starting for the first team for a reason. Yeah. Right. You know, and- but like you see like oh, he has like at least one identifiable I think like elite or at least like MOS elite skill for his position, which is his passing. And like, that's, I think that's the kind of thing you want to see from a young player that like, yes, like I could see his, his plus abilities, you know, even if he's not all the way there yet. Right. No, I agree with that completely. I thought he had a great game. I guess the other person to talk about just because we haven't mentioned him already was the goal scorer Archimedes Ordonez. Um, I know I've been <laughs> accused of being a Kimi hater. Um, full credit scored the goal. Goals change games. Goals win games. I didn't think he had done anything particularly interesting 
up to the point when better players got around him. But that's sort of the striker's curse, isn't it? That unless you're the rare, super talented type of striker that can create your own opportunities, which if that's the case, he's on the wrong continent. He's not not here. You're not here. (laughs) And, you know, credit to him. When he got a situation where all of a sudden there were better players around him and the service got better and the opportunities got better, he finished the biggest chance of the game. He almost scored early. Yeah. To be clear, like he should have probably should have scored early because he had the the goalie beat and he he just didn't get the shot off in time. Um, He was offside a lot, but he was at least like making runs and getting into, I think, like dangerous positions. And him being offside might have been in part because the passes were not coming as quickly as they should have. Yeah. Out of like the midfield or, you know, from like the, uh, like say like Isaiah Foster. Um, but also like he did style on Louisville's Louisville a few times. Like he had some nice, he had some nice styles. Like he's, he's a skilled dribbler and you know, he did score the goal and he's 19. If I know he's been a professional for longer than, uh, Foster, but he's still just 19. Yeah, I think he, lo- he looks the part. And Chief, to your point, you know, being able to perform with a better cast around you bodes very well to slotting into that super sub striker role if the plan is going forward to have Santos and Vasquez start games. You can trust Ordonez to still score, eh, maybe not 15 goals a season, but eh, eight to 10 goals uh, coming off the bench, uh, starting or you know coming off the bench up top for FCC. Not not the worst asset in the world to have. So, no, I don't I don't mind it. Um, last thing I'll, I'll say on this game, and then I'll I'll throw it over to you guys if you have anything else. But uh, good showing by Louisville Wednesday night. That's a tough one. I mean, sure, it's a very close drive, but not everybody can drop everything for a little drive like that. And uh, yeah, like like I said, I expect that to be about the second best away showing we'll see uh, all year. And there was one corner Louisville had in particular that the acoustics of the away corner really, really showed itself to be very, very good, if not superior to the Bailey's acoustics. Uh, just the uh, whatever it was, 75, 80, 100 of them sounded like a thousand of them up there. So well yeah, done designers of TQL. To, they need to do some sound <laughs> studies up in that corner immediately. Uh, yeah. A lot of, I'd hang a lot of carpets up there to see if you can't absorb some, some sound waves. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> and then we, uh, we draw NYCFC and they just announced May the 10th is the game for that. So shit, like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks. Hosting again, FCC. That means uh, Columbus goes to Loudoun United, which is not DC's two team, but kind of DC's two team. They uh, DC (laughs) no longer has a controlling uh, share of Loudoun United, which is how they're allowed to be in the Open Cup competition this year. They used to be DC's two team. Yeah, and they used to be owned by DC United. And I think that's no it, longer the case. That was at least a, majority uh, owned. 
Yeah, it was a weird situation where MLS and USL had an agreement to remove all of the MLS two teams by a certain date, but Louding United had signed a deal with their stadium that they would always provide a second division team. And so Louding United couldn't move down or else they'd lose their stadium. And so I guess they found a way to to sever the relationship legally to to make it work. So, uh, yeah. So way to go, Columbus. You get a, a hell of a gift in the, in the next round. Yeah. Open the pitch for you, club, for this next game, you cowards. Come on. The return of slurm juice. I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to give my money. Um. So Louden United's. Uh, head coach is also apparently the director of player personnel for DC United, like simultaneously. <laughs> There's no conflict of interest there whatsoever. Um, and he was also an assistant coach for FC Cincinnati Eric in the 2016 Lehigh? season. Oh, no, Ryan Martin. Oh, that's fun. Is uh, maybe if they beat Columbus, maybe he'll come on the podcast. Is uh, Jamie Starr the goalkeeper coach there? I think he was a year one original as well. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah. So New York City FC, bring it on. Uh, I like to think that we'll try, but I suspect we won't. So there's that. Um, cool. Is uh, Sorry, yeah, I'm, still I guess- co- I'm still coming down from that pa- existential panic there for a second of watching my team almost draft Christian Ponder 2.0. Well, I think I think this will get your uh, your your, bu- your blood pumping again. Uh, you know who was not at this game, the U.S. Open Cup it would be one Brenner D'Souza uh, was not there. He was still Brenner traveling. Souza De Silva, sh- sir. Oh shit! Um, How dare Brenner you? was not there. Uh, Brenner Say was his name. still working his way back from Italy, as we all know. Uh, when your business is done midday on Monday, it will probably take you till about Friday to get back. Uh, that makes sense, and it's official. So I don't know if there's too much more to add other than uh, Noonan said that so long as his flight gets back on time. And he trains on Friday. He's available on Saturday. So let's look for that one. That'll be fun. (laughs) So was I the only one that took away a little bit from what Pat said of like reading between the lines? I don't have the full quote up in front of me. A lot of this is going to depend on how motivated Brenner is and like almost preparing for the idea of, yeah, but if he shows up here and is just dogging it and just looking to collect a check, he's not going to play like. There was definitely an undertone of we're not certain what level of effort we're going to get from him going forward. <laughs> and it's a fair concern. Sure how is. hard how hard is Brenner going to be going at practice? What's the motivation? And yeah, sure, he's a gamer, he's a competitor. Maybe that's also the same motivation for why he might want to take it easy on his body so he can hit the ground running at the higher level competition, right? In Italy. I don't know. Yeah, like, look, Brenner can be motivated and can be a great player, but I think nobody would. You got you're you're kidding yourself if you think Brenner has done like everything he possibly could to give his to give his all every game for FC Cincinnati while he's been here. You know, like I saw. Um. You know, somebody somebody say, you know, fans are forgetting his 
18 goals in 20 games. And it's like, no, nobody's forgetting his goals. No. But what about the rest of the games he played? <laughs> like, <laughs> he, <laughs> like, yeah, like you could even say like he got 18 goals in nine games or whatever. Right. I was going right? to say he didn't score a goal a game. He scored right. he four scored, goals he a scored game. in like 25% <laughs> of the games last right. season. And part of that is because he made himself unavailable or unstartable yeah. early in the year by, you know, trying to trying to force a deal for pennies for nothing, trying to force a loan back to Brazil yeah. or whatever else, you know, and like, look, he's a really good player. And I think when he's dialed in, he we want him on the field and he makes the team better. And you can't take away his 18 goals. You can't take away the fact that he played a big part in the in the playoff push uh, last season. But like the other stuff is true, too. Yeah. And nobody's begrudging him for moving to Europe. I keep seeing no. that online. It's the weirdest thing. Nobody's mad he's leaving. No. Like the entire goal was to get him to leave. And, and he has to FC's- leave this year because he can't be a young designated player next year. Well, there's that. Uh, and also the the less time on his deal, the smaller the uh, the transfer fee you have coming back mm-hmm. your way because yeah, he, this, he this becomes narrative is, more available. This, it's bothersome, this idea yeah. of, well, he just wants to leave. It's like we all knew he was going to leave. It's the manner in which he's leaving. The fact that he kept trying to force his way out forever to the detriment of the team and yes. in multiple ways. To the detriment of the team, A, he wasn't here, and B, that he kept trying to force the team to take a below market bad deal. Like he kept trying to force the team to lose more money on him. And granted, is some of Brenner's performance issues on the team? Sure. I wouldn't have wanted to play under Yopstam either. I don't think that was a, a winning situation for any striker. But he signed here knowing that's what was going on. He signed with the worst team in MLS. And you know what? Part of the reason why they weren't getting great offers on him is that he wasn't performing, and that's on the player, and yet he still wanted to make it all about, well, I want to leave, and you, the team, FC Cincinnati, that believed in me, paid money for me, brought me to this league, you should take a loss on me because I'm not happy here any longer. I'm sorry, man. That's just not the way it works. And it's it's the yeah. the bigger issue with it, which is when the criticism of Brenner, it isn't that he wants to go to Europe. We understand all these guys want to go to Europe. It's that he was just kind of a horse's ass while he was here to the team. And, you know, that's going to draw negative reactions. And the team yeah. should do right by players. And I think Albright, you know, said it helps player recruitment to show you can move players onto Europe. And I think we've said that many times on yep. this on this podcast, that it's good for signing new young players that they can see that the, that you can get to Europe from FC Cincinnati. Um, But, and the team should not be standing in the way of players. You know, if you get like a, you know, good offer, it's a good situation, whatever. But there's no, there's no human right that the second a team from Europe calls your club, your MLS club, that they have to take the deal no matter what the, no matter what the offer is. Right. Like, but, but that's, but that's the, and I, you know, this is kind of boring content because we're talking about like fucking Twitter narratives, but (laughs) that is the narrative being pushed Yeah, that, that FC Cincinnati would be doing some type of disservice or harm to Brenner 
by saying, no, we're not going to sell him for $4 million. I mean, there is a point where FCC can be just so selfless that they sell all of their players to all of the other teams for $1. And it shows just how generous and how how good they are for the players. Right. Um, but as a fan of FCC, I would not like them to do that. I would like them to compete and get money to compete. And I don't see anybody saying that, like, FC Cincinnati did some harm to Brandon Vasquez by not selling right. him to Chivas for $7 million. You know, like and you don't see Brandon Vasquez taking off preseason because they, right. they didn't sell him. Right. Um, even with Hoffenheim rumors abound and stuff, yeah. he's not jostling for a move. We don't have his agent going to the media about how Chris Albright's dragging his feet with Hoffenheim's uh, offer and things like that. And like, yeah, if a Bundesliga comes, you know, to FC Cincinnati and says, we'll give you $10 million for Brandon Vasquez. And then they and they say no. And that kills the deal. Then like, yeah, maybe Brandon has a, a bit of reason to be upset. In that circumstance. Yeah. But like, and, yeah, that's not what ha- that's not what happened with Brenner. They took a lot. They took a multimillion dollar loss on him. Yes. Yes. And they just tried to, you know, do a little a- better than nothing. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, it, it plays a tiny role in this, but FCC, you know, is is looking to get some sell on percentage. So in some way, they want to make sure he's going to a place where he can show off his skills it can be successful and then be sold on if he gets sold like imagine a world where brenner goes to chelsea for nine million i don't want to right (laughs) but he's behind 10 other world-class attacking players in that case Uh, yeah it's not great for FCC because there's no chance Brenner is going to be able to demonstrate his his skills to the world and, and be sold on for some handsome profit after that. So, yeah, they, they want to send him to a good place. Um, uh, one, one other thing on, you know, yes, Yapstan was a terrible coach. He was very hard for anybody to succeed in the 20 uh, with the 2021 team as it was as it was constituted, as it was, as it was coached, but you can show off on a bad team. Yes. (laughs) John Duran played for Chicago last year. Yes. Chicago was terrible. He still, he still produced enough to get Aston Villa to pay, you know, upwards of $20 million for him. Gaga Selena as well, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to say, though, I hope I'm wrong and I hope Brenner comes back motivated as hell and is scoring hat tricks on hat tricks before he leaves uh, in July. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't expect yeah. it. So the first few game, the first game or two will tell us everything about where we're going to see Brenner for the remainder of the year. And what, yeah. what's what really stinks about it. Is like. I do enjoy watching Brenner play. Yeah. Like he's a genuinely exciting player when he's playing well. Um, And, you know, there's a decent chance that we're going to be missing Brandon Vasquez for an extended period of time because of the gold cup. Yeah. And a motivated Brenner playing with us until July 1st would eat up like half or more 
like it would be a very nice thing to have for a chunk of the time that that Vasquez is likely to miss. Yeah, you were doing some of the math in the discord uh, of the percent of games that FCC will have had their young DP available between Brenner and his inevitable replacement. Wasn't it something like 25% of the season we have actually will have had that young DB available, something along those lines. Well, so, there's less, so less than half the season yeah. will be left. It's even if we assign the young designated player on July 1st and we'll have missed Brenner for likely three games at least. Yeah. And maybe, maybe more. So, so like, yeah, like we could have, we could have, a, we could at the end of the year end up in a situation where like, We've had two different young designated players on the roster, but actually only had a young designated player available for like less than half the season. Can I ask a, a dumb fucking question? Please. All right. So Brenner's a DP, right? Which means he has no salary restrictions, right? More or so, less. So would it be possible for like Carl and Jeff just to sit down at Brenner's locker with a translator, hopefully, and say, Here's the deal, son. It's a hundred thousand a goal from this point out, or put some number on it. Like you don't want to be here. We get that, but while you're here, we're going to make it incredibly financially lucrative for you to score goals. So I don't see any reason why they couldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you, I guess you'd be renegotiating a contract that's about to end. But you're anyway. asking. But yeah. you're not unilaterally renegotiating it. You're making him an offer. Right, right. He would have to agree to it. Yeah. Or just restructure <laughs> his deal to where it's like, yeah, 200 grand a goal. <laughs> just see how, how much he can rack it up. Or like they all wear those sports bras that have the training metrics on it, where it's like, <laughs> if you get the numbers above a certain point, like we'll call it like the give a shit o meter. If the give a shit o meter is running hot enough, you get like a double paycheck for that game. Oh my God. I love that. He gets paid by heart rate over 100 beats per minute or whatever. <laughs> Now we're talking. We can, <laughs> this is we like can a Black this. Mirror episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh so yeah. Um I guess we'll we'll touch on this here real quick. Uh Tommy G tweeting out uh that he I guess has an upcoming interview with with Chris Albright or just sat down with him, uh basically saying uh fans need to stay tuned. They should have some news soon on what ultimately sounded like transfer targets or Brenner's replacement. So we may, we may be learning about that transaction well before July 1st, which would be exciting. And it will be a lot of fun to start rooting for our guy to sit out from his team for two months while we wait for him to come over. So <laughs> neat. Good Can't wait. times. It would, it would kick ass if we got like actual news. Yeah. During the broadcast. Of, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you guys right now. Um, I know everybody with the power of Fot Mob and FIFA can claim to know every player. Uh, let me just put it this way. Will the player FCC signs be famous? And I'll let you interpret that however you want. Are we signing a famous player to replace Brenner. Was Brenner famous when we signed him? I would say no. Then no. Then no. Okay. Because doesn't it have to be a young DP? 
Otherwise, we lose those U20. It doesn't have to be, but the needle you try to thread is so small. It would have to be a DP making less than... Max Tam. Max Tam. And that includes their amortized transfer fee. So you got to hope for a... Let's just throw a name out there. An Olivier Giroud to come over on a free and make about $600,000 a year. So no, 1.6 or 1.6 million. That's it. 1.6 million a year. This is what Gareth Bale did to be clear. And that's how LAFC was able to pull that off. Well, Gareth Bale actually made more than that per year, but he was only in MLS <laughs> for like half a season. That's right. So, um, <laughs> He only got they only got a budget hit his prorated. for the time yeah. that he actually was <laughs> so stupid. was with with LAFC and actually um uh Ricky Ricky Puge yeah. has a similar kind of deal where if I think I believe because he's only he was only under contract for half of last season and half of this season he's still a TAM player wow but if they exercise his option he'll he'll become a DP okay cuz it's only your guaranteed uh, salary that is used to calculate your budget hit. So since wow. he's not under contract with LA, with LA Galaxy for the full year, they're not they're not yet experiencing his annual budget hit. So they don't have to have him as a DP until the exercise is option, which they're they're going to do. He's like the best player in the league. Or. FCC moves in, gets themselves a Ricky Puge this summer. <laughs> let's let's make the trade. Um, no, so there you go. You got to hope for a big European player to move on a free and, and decide to make about a million and a half bucks a season. I don't know who that guy is, but Lukaku. maybe they exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's move over to uh, part two. That is in the 11 out of the 18. We're bringing it back. You missed it. We're bringing it back. Nobody missed it. But no one missed bringing it. it back. And then in part three, we'll touch on the uh, New England Revolution game coming up this weekend. A big one. Well, we're back. We're talking in the 11 out of the 18. If you were not around during the offseason, which I just realized is a possibility that there is a listener out there who is not familiar with in the 11 out of the 18 while you're in for a treat. It's not very soccer around here, although it can be Uh, in the 11 things that we like, things that we're 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 putting a thumbs up for uh, from the week or whatever uh, time period we're talking about out of the 18 thumbs down in it we, we want it out of here get it out of here uh so i will go to you grayson what are you putting in your 11 this week <laughs> i i just oh oh i got it okay. um sorry i can call on somebody else <laughs> i i i totally like i totally forgot about it for a second um uh so i saw a t- i saw a tweet from um I'm putting uh, MLS expansion in, I guess, is how I'm going to phrase it. Uh, I saw a tweet from Manuel Veith. Yeah, um, transfer market friend. Yeah, uh, who has only said nice things about the post, so I'm not going to say anything about him here. Um, <laughs> he said that San Diego 
is likely going to be the next uh, MLS uh, market. And Vegas was still in play, but likely to be a relocated uh, franchise. Okay. Which I don't want to, I want to go out. I'm going to say right now, like, I don't put any stock in this because I, you know, until there's, there's more movement behind it. But what I do want to ask is, all right, MLS is going to Las Vegas. Who do you move to Las Vegas? I already know who I'm moving. I'll give it to you, Chief. I would say that you move. I mean, so this is tough because you don't want to move a team that's already built a new stadium because that feels like that's a stupid idea because otherwise it would be, I would say, the crew just because that's really funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the crew is the funniest one. Crew is objectively (laughs) the funniest one. I'm going to say New England Revolution. Ooh. The problem is the crafts will never do it. I know. But that's like the one that like if you're going to move any team, other than the ownership issue, the the New England Revolution or the team that you would want to go, they're still playing in a cavernous NFL stadium. It's just not working there. Um, Same thing with the Chicago Fire. And you move the – because the idea with either one of these two is that you relocate the Fire or the Revolution – you wait three or four years and yeah. then you relaunch with an expansion team and a new stadium plan and a new stadium location. Because part of the problem with MLS is that when you look at the teams that are grossly underperforming in their markets, it's all these legacy MLS 1.0 teams that like they've been around too long to have that fresh new car smell like the other teams that have launched like FC Cincinnati, Nashville and all these other recent expansion teams so you almost want to do what they've tried to soft reboot most of these teams by changing logos and jerseys and where they play in chicago's case for a couple of them it's almost time i think just to leave the market let it be vacant for a few years and let excitement build in the city for a new team and make the fans feel like they earned it a little bit i can see that So my choice would be also a team that plays in a cavernous football stadium that has weak fan support, has had a front office troubled with sexual scandals, sexual assault scandals at that, uh, in a market that is not terribly attractive to Major League Soccer and its broadcasters, would be the Vancouver Whitecaps. They're the third wheel in that uh, Pacific Northwest. They are functionally useless nobody stays up late for their games you move them to uh vegas and there's an instant turnaround for that franchise and i i think mls would get something out of it and i think the canadian premier league would enjoy having a flagship vancouver team in vancouver and that's the reason why it won't happen because (laughs) mls has its three-team foothold with toronto montreal and vancouver in Mm. canada and the minute you get rid of one of the three, then all of a sudden the question starts to be asked by Canada and various governing bodies of, well, it's time to relocate the other two and let Canada have their own league, I think. See, the other one I was going to relocate was Montreal for the exact same <laughs> reasons, basically. <laughs> and you know what? You move Toronto over to Buffalo and we all just sort of still call them Toronto. I'm fine with that. It <laughs> hey, worked for the Bills going the other way for a while. 
Right, right. And uh, yeah, you put Montreal in Indianapolis and you put Vancouver in Vegas. And I, I think everybody's happy. Um, I have except, a, I've, except for the Canadian fans, to be clear. Well, yeah. They don't count for <laughs> Canadian. I have a kind of unorthodox proposal. Mm. And I think I think we're all I think we're all on the right track with the thinking like MLS 1.0 teams that have either like never really taken off or um, have been like mismanaged and kind of run into the ground. Um, there's a. Um, so San Jose Ooh. has already moved to Houston once. Right. Yep. And then they created San Jose earthquakes. Both of those teams are near the bottom of MLS in attendance. And I don't really see what San Jose brings to the table at this point. No. But the more egregious one for me is Houston. Because they've totally biffed that market. It's a massive, massive market. And it's, you know, in obviously Texas, there's a ton of good soccer players that come out of Texas. Um, should be extremely popular in like Latin American community. Um, they've always been talking about like, oh, we're going to sign. They, they, they did sign Hector Herrera, but they've always been talking about like, oh, we're really going right. to play you know, our we're going to grow our, our Mexican-American fan base. Never did. Um, so I would take both San Jose, which I don't think brings like anything to the table and Houston. No. Merge them okay. into one team. It's Las Vegas United. I like and this. An actual United in the yeah. United. An actual United. And then just, okay, we've abandoned San Jose. We don't need that anymore. And you, you do free up Houston. To reboot. To reboot. I and like you it. could put like an LAFC or an Austin FC type, type thing. And uh, it opens the door much more easier to uh, Sacramento to come back into the picture and try yeah. to claim that Northern California market. Or San Antonio, which really feels like they were they were screwed over by MLS. Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix um, as well. And I'm going to keep, keep stomping for Albuquerque. <laughs> like, I think that, that would be badass. Be Oakland Roots. Buying the uh, the A's spot. <laughs> I do like a like a like, like the idea of a new like Zapata Oil FC uh, coming up in <laughs> in in Houston down the line. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. So that was in the eleven. What is out of the eighteen then? Uh, out of the eighteen is like anonymous NFL coaches and scouts trash talking draft picks. Yeah. Um. It's extremely annoying every year. Like we saw it with Burrow. Uh, people talked about it as like small hands or whatever. Um, it always feels like these guys are villains out of like Moneyball. Like they say like the stuff that like they made fun of, like the old guys saying in Moneyball. But it, it happened. The most egregious example I saw this year was CJ Stroud. You know, like going after him about his whatever that. S2 test score. I don't, I don't care about it. Yeah. Um, just it feels it feels like there was for some reason like some motivated behind the scenes hit campaign to just tear down CJ Stroud, a player who, while Ohio State fans unjustifiably, I would say, have mixed feelings on him. 
a guy who proved a lot over the course of his college career and made some, you know, really smart plays is by all by all accounts like exactly the kind of kind of player who should be drafted high in the NFL draft. And I just think it's I just think it's pretty cowardly. Can I ask a question? And I don't like that the media I don't I don't like that the media like plays along with it. Can I ask a question about CJ Stroud in particular? Yeah. Did he go to Ohio State? Yeah. Hey, he's gonna suck as a quarterback in the NFL. Justin Fields is good. And so is did Joe he, Burrow. Joe Burrow he, also went to Ohio State. Is Justin is Justin Fields good? Yes. No. Also, Joe Burrow went to Ohio State. So for a technically, cup of coffee. for like yeah, and then they told him he wasn't good enough to start, and he went someplace else. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it just be like that. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, it does feel like other teams are trying to shit talk a player into falling into their lap, which is just the worst incentives to go. It's also ruin my, a kid's reputation. It's also my favorite part of the NFL draft process, which is um, which was, this was going to be mine. So I'm gonna have to change this up. But that this idea that um, people can like rank players at the end of a college <laughs> season. And then players can move up and move down a board while football isn't actually being played at. It's like, bro, yeah. all their all their tape is out there. They, you know, fucking the guy, Anthony Richardson, the Colts drafted him tonight with the fourth overall pick. This guy was a bum at Florida. This guy couldn't win <laughs> games at Florida. This guy couldn't complete passes at Florida. And he rocketed up draft boards because. I don't know reasons. Um, <laughs> it's I, like they're talking about Anthony Richardson on the draft tonight. And all I could think to myself was, man, this guy would really do well in the SEC. Like maybe Florida should consider recruiting an Anthony Richardson if they want to get back to, pro <laughs> to prominence. You know, what's a really good indicator of uh, NFL talent is being really good in college. It's uh, it's kind of this weird thing where if you look at like all the best College quarterbacks, they tend to all be the best NFL quarterbacks. And um, yeah, I don't know. People just really overthink this shit all the time. It is insane to me. Um, I was going to put out of my 18 as well. Uh, people who obsess over NFL mock drafts, like spending hours and hours mock drafting and posting their mock drafts. Like, what do you guys think about this one? I did this for the Bengals. Like, man, this is so stupid. I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's just the worst waste of time ever. Having said that about all this, I turned on the draft coverage earlier tonight and the amount of people in Kansas City attending the draft live is staggering. And the yeah. only thing I can think about is, God damn it, this sport is just the king that they got all these people to show up and they've got me watching this on my phone while we're taping the podcast just reading a list of fucking names at the end of the day. All this is, is a man walks the podium every 10 minutes and reads a name and people cheer. And that's what I, they, I'm watching this. And thousands of people showed up to watch this. My, my brother is very much a, a sports ball person. If, if that means anything to anybody, yeah. not, a, not a fan of sports. Uh, oh, did, did a sports ball happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's that guy. The, the worst person in any conversation. Uh, but I will, I will say he, he roasted me so good on the draft coverage one time I've had to give it up. He, he, he said, 
would you not have the exact same amount of excitement and just thrill of reading the list and knowing nothing the next morning? Because you just, ooh, that guy. Oh, they did that. Oh, it's like it's the exact same emotions. <laughs> no, because then you would miss that opportunity of seeing your team with the sound off and Will Levis <laughs> picking the phone up and realizing <laughs> that like you were this goddamn close to ruining the next five years of your fandom. <laughs> what what could have been <laughs> which means that he's going to be really good because we didn't take him i just know how this works of course yeah uh chief uh, I, I don't know if you if you have a spare uh topic in the pocket there or should i go should i come back to you no i got it right here um right. in the 11 this may seem like a downer at first but it's not really in the 11 is jerry springer um, oh yeah died today age 79 and I actually knew Jerry, uh, not like, you know, good friends, but he, you know, I knew him through various family members and um, dude just had the most incredible life story for people that don't know. And it's, it's funny. I never know who listens to this podcast, like the 12 listeners, what their age demographic are. <laughs> but like, if you didn't grow up in the 90s, it's hard to overstate what a cultural icon jerry springer was in the 1990s like the epitome of 1990s culture i genuinely believe this occurred in 1999 when the opening scene to the second austin powers movie took place on the jerry springer show with <laughs> dr evil scott and mini me all confronting their demons on an episode of jerry springer and that's that was 90s america right there in that moment um and the next thing you're gonna have to do though is explain to people how popular the Austin Powers movies were. Yeah, shockingly <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, just... They were. They were. Take, you take our word for it. When they came out, they were cultural phenomena. Just yes. shockingly like, popular. So many parts of those movies made their way into like just the popular vernacular, like forever, forever. Yes. Yeah. The yeah baby. Like that's going to be a part of human culture going forward just there will always be someone at some point in life that will do the austin powers yeah baby just out of nowhere one billion dollars no, yeah, there we yes. Yes. Yeah. right i shall call him mini me um oh. but no and it's all funny because you know he was he went to my school he was an all a tulane alum which is badass but like Dude was born in a bomb shelter in the London underground during the Blitz and like came to America, was the youngest mayor in Cincinnati's history. And now this is so quaint. His political career was ruined because he had sex with a prostitute and bounced the check. I was going to say wrote a check, <laughs> wrote a check for a prostitute. Total nerd move. But like we elected a president that bangs porn stars now. And it's quaint that that paying a prostitute with a bad check ruined your career. But just was a, just a fascinating dude. Fascinating life. Um, a true Cincinnati icon, a, a titan of the media, an incredible pop culture icon in my 11. Jerry Springer, rest in peace. Good dude, love you, man. I like it. I uh, 
Chief, I, th- I think I shared you uh, shared this with you a while ago, but it, it bears repeating. Uh, the Apple TV Plus uh, original series for all mankind is a really good alternate history look at the space race and then American politics uh, from the 1960s onwards. Uh, but they produced an incredible amount of like world building content between seasons uh, where they sort of explain weird events that happened or didn't happen in this new timeline that they built and in that timeline the jerry springer sex scandal never happens he goes on to be a a very powerful ohio senator and makes a solid run at the presidency but ultimately uh missed out on the nomination so i like i like that alternative timeline for jerry springer because it means somebody in cincinnati politics outside of taft made it onto the national stage what what i like about his show and i i think you know, the, the culture, I think, has kind of, you know, gone up and down on, on Jerry Springer and his show. Um, but it's like it was like genuinely bonkers and thrilling. <laughs> like it was always it was like a genuinely surprising show. And there were so many copycats, but nobody had the juice of Jerry. Yeah. Like Maury went into that rut where it's either, you know, Cash me is outside. this a man or a woman or or paternity test or lie detector test like he just yeah. was recycling the same old shit over and over and over again and jerry's stuff jerry was pretty, he was so famous that his like security guard got a show got a show <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> My favorite part about any of the Jerry Springer shows is at the very end where they're putting out like the casting call for a future episode where they'll be like, has your landlord slept with your mom? We want to hear from you. You're like, what is what is that episode going to be like? Also, if you're of a certain age, I don't know if this was the same for everybody, but in my high school. There was one person that somehow got a hold of a credit card to order Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV, the VHS tape, <laughs> and was selling bootleg copies of it in the lunchroom that he was just making on a VCR. <laughs> so every single person in my class had a copy of the Jerry Springer uh, uncensored tape. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. <laughs> what a guy. Oh. What a guy. Uh, out of my 18, um, and you're going to have to bear with me on this one for a second. Out of my 18 is an individual um, name is a Twitter user, Commissarje, I think is how it's pronounced, who is described as the LeBron James of incels and was a leader in the incel community online, leader on the incel community on Reddit. He was kicked out because he got laid. So that's just a tough scene for anyone when you get kicked out. Do Do they call him the LeBron James of incels because he's a massive liar? (laughs) because he's constantly getting into fights with the michael jordan of incels and the kobe bryant of incels and they just all can't agree on anything um he was a long-serving moderator of the incels.is web form that has over twenty thousand registered users and if you decide you want to go to that website god be with you in your quest because i don't know what in the world is going on? One of the quotes from the story I read about this, where it was just like, I could not stop reading this, uh, is that he was criticized by one of his fa- uh, fellow users on the board uh, that goes by the name of Old Man Boy Pussy. One taste of Excuse pussy me? pie, and a man will turn his back on his friends just like that. 
Excuse me. Another one. Another incel, distraught incel wrote, this is why the incel community will never start a movement and bring about change. It only takes one hoe to sacrifice herself and get some crumbs of pussy to the whole movement to collapse due to too many betraying. What the hell? I feel like I feel like never starting a movement is is kind of part of being an incel. <laughs> that's, that's in the name, I think. Yeah, I, do do people need incel explained to them, or is it is it a known? It, it's a. It means it means well. This is weird. This is weird to yeah. me, and yeah. I, we can circle back because I I have a question on this too. But it, <laughs> it means it means involuntary celibate. Yeah. And it's an online community that obsesses over like, well, historically, to my understanding, they've obsessed over um, how like they can't ever get laid and they do like weird like facial structure analysis to be like, oh, like you have to have like your face, your head shaped like in this certain way to attract women. Yeah. And like those are they do like race science, but for like guys who can get laid and guys who can't it's but and, and then sometimes sometimes they they go on shooting sprees yeah um there's... but here's here's my question <laughs> if the thing means involuntary celibate it means they want to not be celibate right yes which means they shouldn't be mad at this guy for for getting some. No. If you're mad at this guy for getting some and leaving the community, that means that you would make a, you believe you would make a different choice in his position. That, oh, that you're you a V-cell. You're a vol cell. There you go. Which I think is just an insult that they use in the SEC. Um, <laughs> it's Tim Tebow. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's like you have betrayed your identity. So you could never be an incel if you had the ability to have relations at some point in the future. So if you have relations, you were never an incel because you so were this, never involuntary. So is this some Calvinist shit where like the, yes. the cells yes. and the incels are predetermined? Yes. And that if you are able to get laid, you were predestined to never be an incel and thus you were pretending to be an incel the entire time i do That's think that that's I'm part of it, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i think they, they they truly believe or at least uh my recollection is they truly believe that like it is like, impossible for them to get laid yeah because they have like the wrong bone structure or yeah. they're not tall enough or whatever and folks let me tell you <laughs> just just talk just talk to some ladies or some guys just tried a couple of times. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes not. But eventually, it'll you happen for your you. way to, to social it will, interactions. It, it, it gets better. I, Hashtag. I, I just love this story so much just because it was... If you put on as a headline, chaos ensues after the LeBron James of incels get laid, you are baiting my click a thousand times out of a thousand. What does the LeBron James of incels, does he go out in public and he is just being rejected left and right, that he is just constantly asking, soliciting no. women, and no. he's just, well, look he's, at this man. He's been rejected by 20 women in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the, no, when he sits down at the computer, Instead of doing the LeBron James celebration with the chalk, it's with just with lotion. Oh god. <laughs> does that does that count? 
I don't know the uh, I, like, I don't oh, know the community. Like, is that, is that part of the incel? Is like it's just like I got like terrible like like, like grip control or like my hands are like always slipping. They got like they do the draft boards with like Mel Kiper comes on. He's gonna be a terrible incel. Hand size is way too small. I mean, Grayson does have a good point here. It is taking a potential mass shooter off the board, though. So that's that's a really good, it's a really good that's, progress. It's dark as hell. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a solid chance that uh, the latest spree shooter you've heard of has visited these forums because it's never like dating advice or hygiene advice. It's like, yeah, they're doing this to you and. Here's some neo-Nazi propaganda you should be they, reading. They as gotta well. blow up. They gotta blow up these forums. Yeah, that'd like, be a like, good start. It's, it's just self like It's just self-perpetuating. Like you're, like you're just, like by by like ma- be, being part of this community, you are making your own situation worse. Yeah, because you've built it into your own identity. So, right. So when you have a situation, should should your fortune change? You're now ostracized from your community. He's lost all of his friends. This is a sad story. If, if they're going to <laughs> shut these communities down, I just would like a warning ahead of time because I'm going sh- <laughs> to short the shit out of every company that makes anime body pillows. That's that's a great call. <laughs> Kevin, oh, what's your God. indie 11? <laughs> so, surprising Follow lack of that. incels. <laughs> Although maybe not. I don't know, depending on what parts of the internet you're on. Uh, no, in my 11, I got to say, I'm, I'm going for a twofer here. We got large organizations making good technological decisions. I tweeted about this a while ago, so I definitely want to make sure I dap them up. Uh, Kroger has decided to enable Apple Pay after apparently decades of having the ability to do this and never flipping the switch over. They decided to flip the switch over. Not a single machine needed replaced. And I am buying groceries with my watch. Well done. And uh, similarly, it, it would appear the rumor, the rumor mill may be right about this one finally. Apple is looking to ditch the lightning port and go all USB-C on the new model of iPhones later this year. So... This is big progress in the world of uh, tech. We're we're moving towards universal standards, and uh, utopia is upon us, gentlemen. I'm happy that um, I would be happy about them moving to USB C, but for the fact that I know it's happening because of overregulation in the UK or in the EU, and I just can't <laughs> yes. get behind that. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like I like that Europe's more aggressive on this stuff because <laughs> we don't need all kinds of cords. The the surest sign of the apocalypse is when the Europeans start driving the narrative. That can't happen. (laughs) I I mean, MacBooks, I believe, 10 years ago, moved to USB-C ports. At this point, all of your MacBooks only have USB-C ports. It is difficult to charge your own phone with a MacBook, at least for the longest time, while they were still using USB-A ports. Just bizarre decisions. I think this will also go along with giving us USB-C wired headphones from Apple and potentially AirPods as well. Just 
Love love seeing a universal standard being adopted. Did That's, did you read all that info on the incel forum? I, it was a it was really big for my brothers in arms. There. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was that and losing our LeBron James that uh, really shook our community. Hey, don't go to Kroger to shop. They all ordered, <laughs> That's a good they point. ordered DoorDash. <laughs> oh God! Uh, so that was uh, <laughs> that was in my eleven. Just you know, me dapping up. Uh, companies there <laughs> big fan of corporations kevin the guy with the communist music when he was on klr back in the day love love me a big corporation enforcing <laughs> something on me uh no uh out of my 18 is i just i love this story so i'm just forcing it in I, i'll figure out who's out of the 18 here in a second uh i guess out of my 18 is um the Angel City Brigade over in uh, Los Angeles. So I, I'm sorry to bring this back to soccer here real quick, but uh, if you're not aware, the uh, LA Galaxy supporters groups have been protesting uh, their team. They've been asking for their president to be fired for some time now, and that's good. That's a positive thing. He's He's been objectively terrible uh, for their team ever since uh, coming on. However, the Angel City Brigade has decided to break the they're, they're crossing the picket line and they are rejoining the stands. And in response, one of the other LA Galaxy supporters groups went ahead and started posting all of their tax information online, or showing that they have uh, back taxes owed going back to I think 2014 that they still haven't paid. Uh, and the uh, one of the documents here posted amount due $28,000 in unpaid tax to the IRS. I imagine a fair amount of that is uh, fees incurred and penalties incurred over not paying for eight years or so. But um, yikes. And uh, yeah, probably probably not a good idea to be uh, to be uh, crossing the line when you you owe Uncle Sam a good chunk of change. So well, isn't the rumor that L.A. Galaxy paid their tax bill for him? And that's the reason why they're crossing the line. Yeah, so that is the uh, the accusation is that the galaxy went ahead and picked up the tab and uh, they, they found it within themselves to go ahead and rejoin the stands. Um, I think it was somebody mentioned it was like two years of ticket revenue or something along those lines that they were either giving them or paying them. Um, just incredible stuff. <laughs> And you know what? This is the kind of stuff where you see your pro rel truthers say that there's no good storylines in MLS. Show me a better storyline than this. Let's see the the Premier League fan bases with infighting like this. The hell. <sighs> nothing, uh, like a, nothing like a good IRS scare to really, really liven up the supporters group debates. What happens if an F if if an SG doesn't pay its taxes? Does the a, like does the government take it over? That's a good question, uh, Chief. Do you have any comments on this? <laughs> I I can't even imagine what the I I can't even imagine how much the IRS agent that gets assigned a soccer supporters <laughs> group just hates their life. <laughs> They're gonna repossess all the flags. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Quick, set off all the smoke bombs before the IRS takes them back. <laughs> We transferred all of our assets to the other SG, sorry. It, it would turn into like that episode of The Simpsons where the Krusty Burger is taken over by the IRS and it just becomes IRS Burger instead. So your SG. 
instead of like sector like what is it section eight or in chicago it says it's like section subsection eight five dash four subparagraph a is the name of the new supporters group (laughs) i would support that that supporters group to the ends of the earth (laughs) their bylaws are very extensively written oh man just good stuff so yeah i don't know just a word of warning out there if you run a supporters group make sure you get right with uncle sam before you start talking shit so (laughs) oh gosh well i think that does it for in the 11 out of the 18 let's talk a little new england revolution and then let's get out of here Oh, we are back, and man, it's uh, leave it to Louisville to take all of the uh, the wind out of the sails of what should be, I think, the biggest game in MLS this weekend. Uh, this is a hell of a matchup, a clash of titans, as it were. Cincinnati and New England tied on top of the Supporter Shield standings, tied on top of the Eastern Conference standings. That is redundant, and... We go to not Boston, but Foxborough to battle it out. Uh, I'll go with you, Grayson. Vibes going into this one on the on the heels of a open cup victory. Um, I I think I think vibes I think vibes should be good. I mean, it should be like a pretty exciting game. Um, I saw today that uh, I saw on Twitter today that uh, apparently this is the first time that um two teams with um 20 or more points have played each other um less than 10 games into the season that's like kind of a yeah confusing thing to say but like basically really like good. <laughs> basically like this is the most combined points between opponents in the first 10 games of an MLS season that's pretty good. Maybe that's also confusing. I don't know. You guys can figure it out. Um, also, uh, New England's going to be missing a couple of players. Um, they have five players out, but like one of those players is Carlos Hill's loser brother. So it's not like a that they're all they're not all important players. But Henry Kessler is okay. a big is a big one to be missing, and Tommy McNamara, Ooh. who has done some damage to us in the past. Hmm. Okay. Uh, does this is this is the high quality research that you expect from the post? Does Josie Altador start for them, or is he just a super sub? I think he's just a sub. Okay, he is on their team, which is something I always forget. Uh, Chief, how are you feeling going into this one? Road game that worries me. The last time this team went on the road, they got absolutely dog walked by St. Louis. But I, I. Playing in Foxborough is just a weird vibe. It's yeah. low energy. I don't think the Revs take anything away from playing there. So it ends up, I think, probably just being a, a, a check on talent and a check on execution. And this team has been executing pretty well, I think, in these types of games. So yeah. I, if you made me say my gut reaction, my gut reaction is that they come out of this with at least a point. But I don't know. Um, Kubo being back is an interesting development for this team. He played a couple yeah. of minutes in the Open Cup, and if Kubo can give you 25 minutes, 20 minutes in this game, then you're immediately talking about more depth than this team has had in a long time in terms of attacking options uh, 
and midfield options. So I feel good about this game. Vibes appear to be high right now. Yeah, especially when Angulo still hasn't adjusted. And if you swap him out for Kubo, I mean, that midfield looks instantly better. I know after the Louisville game, I feel better about backline depth. Hopefully we don't need to to dig into it, but um, feeling good there. I guess I, I'll ask the dumb question, uh, the one that everybody wants us to talk about maybe. Uh, do we expect Brenner to play in this game? Yes. Um, yeah? Yeah. I think, that, I think that you will see, I don't think I'll start, but no. I think that they'll give Brenner a run of like 10 to 15 minutes at the end of the game, 20 minutes at the end of the game. And then from that point forward, I think that Brenner's usage will depend in large part on how hard he trains and what he looks like in this game. And they'll make an evaluation as to whether or not he's starter or he's coming off the bench. But yeah, I think that you absolutely, I think it sends the absolute wrong message about Brenner's time here. If he arrives in Cincinnati in time to make this trip, and then he's excused from the game completely that like, yeah. I think he's got to get back in. He's got to be in the 18 and he's got to be ready for selection. I think. I think you should expect Brenner to play. I don't like, I think Ooh. it's fair to have the expectation that he should be available and able to play, uh, whether it's as a starter or a sub. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm not. I'm still like kind of on the fence of whether he's like ever gonna play for us again. <laughs> so like, my personal expectation is no. Yeah. But I think that like the right expectation, meaning like the standard that people should be held to, is that he should be expected to play. Yeah. Yeah, and like they said, he's going to play. The team has communicated he's going to play. Pat Newton has communicated he's going to play. If he doesn't play in this game, I think it's really telling. Yeah, I, I, I'm torn either way. I'd like to see him to play. I'd like to see him score a goal. I think that would be very nice. I'm a fan of this team, and anything that helps the team would be good. Um, I just, uh, I'd be interested to see, like you said, Chief, how motivated he is in this game. And uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Does he score a goal and all the players run over to him? And and we see that that first goal that he scored uh, earlier in the season where uh, or it was Santos that scored, but ran directly over to Brenner. I want to see a moment like that where the, the players have his back. I think that'll be interesting as well. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for this one. It's It's been a while since we've had a, a proper challenge i say that there was the st louis game which i i don't want to acknowledge their success um but i think this would be a really good one and uh the storyline to look out for kenny arena bruce arena the arena derby i think i think there's a lot lot going on in this one um chief if you had to put a score line on it what are you thinking uh two 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 two. I like it. I like it. Grayson, what are you thinking? Well, I have to pick a loss. <laughs> and we salute your service. Thank, so, you, for, thank you for doing this. Three one <laughs> loss. Ooh, Ooh, that would hurt. Soul crushing. Uh although I I don't know. I don't think I'm that far off from you though. I think I think a one nothing loss here this is gonna suck but we've struggled on the road if you think about it chicago orlando st louis these are our worst games of the year so 
I I don't expect big things. I don't expect Arius to play. Well, he's out, right? But I the uh, the turf is what I was thinking of. I, I think we might see injury prone players left off of this one. Not a whole lot of turf games out there, and uh, yeah, I don't see I don't see good things going that way. Uh, Chief, let me throw a weird one at you. If you had a uh, I don't know twenty dollars of not your money to place on a prop bet on this one. Where would you uh, give give the people what you might be throwing some fake money on that is absolutely in no way financial advice? Lucho Acosta goal, because I think one of the two goals we score is going to be a penalty. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think I would go FCC over nine team shots on target. I think we could do that. That's a lot of shots. But New England has a really good keeper, and I think I think we we let him put on a clinic. I'm going to say FC Cincinnati fewer than three corners. Ooh, not confident in the shot the shot taking of FCC in this one. I'd also sprinkle some money on Sergio Santos to score again. Feels hot. I don't know. It's like he's like probably that. a longer shot bet to score. You can probably get him at like plus three hundred, plus two seventy five, somewhere in that range. I'd throw some money at it. <laughs> a Josie Altador first time goal scorer, but you get great odds on that one. Uh, there's there's your one nil victory in like the seventy fifth minute. God, that'd be awful. Oh no. Also remember they have Bobby Wood. Oh, FCC legend Bobby Wood. Yep. From the uh the what if team. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. What is he's actually having a he's actually having like a decent year. Oh. Good for him. Maybe That's... Bruce Arena should coach the national team. Just throwing it out there. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> gets gets the most out of her guys. Oh, God. I love that we spend 25 minutes talking about incels. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to put for our preview. Like, we just <laughs> we blitz through the preview very quickly. It's hard to predict the future. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. This, this league is so weird. Um, and it's just, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to ever pretend to be smart enough to break down these teams tactically. Like, oh, they're going to do this and then we're going to count. Like, just listen to, listen to talking tactics if that's what the fuck you want. The <laughs> odds. So Josie Altador has, is a plus 105 as anytime goal scorer. He hasn't scored yet this year and he's played 76 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vasquez is plus 250. Santos wow. is also plus 250. There you go. Santos at two fifty feels good. Lucho plus three eighty. Oh, hammer, hammer! There's your that that's that's your that's your bet right there. Game on, game on turf, bouncing balls. There's gonna be a PK in this game. Alvaro Barrial plus seven fifty. Oh, he's about a Barrial assist or goal. What does that look like? I uh while you look that up, I gotta tell you the story. I uh I think I broke fan duels. I had been I had been doing this one. You could parlay a player having a shot on goal with a player scoring a goal. And I hit on a number of these and they they have changed the rules and you cannot parlay a shot on goal and a goal now. And I like to think that that was my fault. But they kept seeing this one guy in Cincinnati and they were like, nope, this has to end. I mean, if they score a goal, they 
they had a shot. So right, <laughs> it was free money. Uh, it it only added, I guess, a couple of points to the overall odds, but it was really nice. <laughs> uh, if you didn't find it, I'll take whatever else you found. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't find it. It's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, good times. Oh, there we go. I don't know. Maybe we throw maybe throw a prop bet of the week into the previews. Maybe yeah, that would to be make it at least look like we talked about all this. Yeah. Or I don't know if somebody has listened this far into the podcast. If you have any suggestions on what you would like to hear in a match preview, I'm all ears. Besides, I don't know besides what to give people you. that know what they're talking about, because we can't. Yeah, no, we can't that's key. That. I don't. Please. No guests from that that cover the other team. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. And, Nothing that uh, would require Grayson to watch other MLS games. That's not going to yeah, happen. That's... Yeah, I was going to say like it's by choice. Like I just <laughs> refuse to learn more than just most superficial information available about New England Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Every minute turf. I, every every minute I spend reading about the New England Revolution is one less minute I have to learn about the LeBron James of incels. So. <laughs> The sands of time keep falling. And uh, yeah, that's a good use of it. I like that. Uh, well, that's going to be a postcast. So uh, a Friday, a special Friday edition of the postcast. How about that? Opie forever. Fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.